And one of a, one very interesting development that happens every year, and I do enjoy these reports. I try to read them or read at least part of them. Is China publishes an annual report on U.S. human rights. So China has been doing this for several years, and I mean the reason for it is obvious. China has been slandered, has been demeaned and degraded worldwide by the United States for its so-called quote-unquote human rights record. Xinjiang, Hong Kong, Tibet, Taiwan, right? All these flashpoints for anti-China propaganda has led to much, especially in the Western world, believing that China is this king, uh, king master, this, this grand human rights violator in the world, even greater than the United States. So China publishes an annual report saying, wait, 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 wait. The United States has no right to talk about human rights when it's trampling on people's human rights in a large way, in, a, in such a grand way, both at home and abroad. So let me just share the full text of this report. All right. And we can just go over it quickly because I think it's important. And while I'm doing this, you can like the stream if you're just coming. You can also subscribe to the channel, hit the notifications bell, which helps you get updates when I am on. And you can support my work at patreon.com slash Danny Haifong. That's how you keep this work sustainable financially for as little as a dollar a month, $5 a month. Uh, however much you are able to give, it is very much appreciated. So here it is. This is the report on human rights violations in the United States in 2021. So this has been ongoing. I remember this going back into the Trump era as well. And I believe it started in the Obama era, but don't quote me on that. But I remember reading this these before Trump um, because this, this question has been coming up for quite a while, China's human rights record. So I'll read the foreword. Here are some of the topics, right? They talk about COVID-19. They talk about this entrenched violence, right? So there's some translation issues in entrenched violent thinking, but they talk about gun violence and right, uh, and the violence against uh, people of Asian descent, uh, that kind of thing, right? They talk about the lack of democracy in the United States, the racism that exists in the United States, the migrant crisis that the United States has facilitated across the world, and then the abuse in, uh, of force and sanctions by as interventions in other countries, trampling on human rights there. So here are just some highlights, okay? So the United States, China says, has the world's highest number of COVID-19 cases and deaths, 34.51 million confirmed cases and 480,000 deaths, which far surpassed the numbers of 2020. The average life expectancy in the United States fell 1.13 years from 2020 to 2021, the biggest drop since the Second World War. So that that's damning. So they talk about the public security and the situa situation in the United States deteriorating. Violent crimes are prevalent. You had 693 mass shootings in 2021, which was up 10.1% from 2020. 44,000 people killed in gun violence over the year. You have 420 bills with provisions that restrict voting access have been, that have been introduced in 49 states. Only 7% of young Americans view the country as a quote-unquote healthy democracy. Well, trust in the government from the public has fallen to almost historic lows since 1958. 
So here you go with the Asian American adults, 81% of them said violence against their communities is rising. Hate crimes against Asians in New York City have jumped 361% from 2020. 59% of Americans said ethnic minority groups do not have equal job opportunities. In 2021, the United States detained more than 1.7 million migrants at its southern border, including 45,000 children. Now, this is under Joe Biden. Violent law enforcement claimed 557 lives, the highest number since 1998, which more than doubled that of the previous fiscal year. So we're talking about people dying under migrant detention being bigger than that by a factor of two from the previous year. So that's... I mean, that's damning. And then here you have the U.S. drone strike during its withdrawal during its withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan, killing 10 members of an Afghan family, including seven children, among which the youngest was two years old. The United States still held 39 detainees at Guantanamo Bay Prison. So those are some of the topics that they talk about, right? And they go further into having, you know, despite the most advanced medical equipment and technology, the United States has done the worst in COVID-19 in many ways in terms of total number of infections and fatalities to the virus. So it says it never rethinks its response measures and still la lacks effective anti-epidemic plans. Instead, it stoked the origins tracing of COVID-19 and has been keen on passing the buck. So, you know, you get an idea here about what China is thinking in terms of human rights, right? Because oftentimes it's China being leveled these allegations against it, right? China is being accused of genocide of, of Uyghurs, right? Or of suppressing democracy in Hong Kong. But here China is saying that while you cannot prove those allegations, and actually in many ways, right, life for Uyghurs have improved, uh, that's easily supportable. You can see that poverty has been reduced there. You can see that the population of Uyghurs has actually increased. You can see that education and employment opportunities have increased. You can go to Hong Kong and you can see how peace and stability has been more of a feature of society since the national security law. You can see how now even Wall Street Journal and other outlets like the Financial Times are very worried that actually China will begin to address the social issues in Hong Kong and the economic disparities in Hong Kong, which drive a lot of the unrest there, at least from the material standpoint. So the ideological standpoint, really, that's a lot of foreign interference from the National Endowment for Democracy and others. But nonetheless, while you can both right point out the hypocrisy and also debate even the merits of allegations against China that have been made, the United States has this verifiable and easily documented record of the most egregious human rights violations, including, right, the death of nearly a half million people of COVID-19, which was entirely preventable, entirely. So, right, they go over things like people's mental health deteriorating during the outbreak, uh, where you see that 32.8% in October 2021, people said U.S. adults experienced elevated depressive symptoms, uh, which was up 4%. Uh, in the early 2020 months of the pandemic and 8.5% uh, before the pandemic. So you have this massive spike, right, in mental health issues. The number of homelessness, people homeless is staggering. So they talk about homelessness in the United States. Uh, you have the number of people in permanent 
uh, without permanent shelter in Rhode Island increased by more than 85% since January 2021. I mean, that is absolutely staggering, that number. Uh, more than 100,000 New York City school children were homeless at some point during the school year from 2020 to 2021. So you see that China is really focusing on things that you could never really level against China. Homelessness of children is not a huge phenomenon in China. It's arguably not a phenomenon at all. Uh, even my experience there, I saw that there is this robust social welfare system for children in particular, right? So, ooh, sorry. Oh, no. Okay. Am I still around? Let me see. I dropped my mouse. Sorry, guys. Um, I think I'm still on. Okay. I am still on. Sorry about that. So, yeah, China is calling out, as uh, Stephen says in the chat, is calling out the BS. It's saying that you can't claim that China has these huge issues and verify it with things like homelessness and gun violence because it doesn't exist. When I was in China, people were telling me, are you scared of being in the United States? Because you have a lot of gun violence there. And even mainstream stats right, show that China, in terms of safety, has been considered one of the safest countries in Asia for a really long time and overall ranks within, I believe, the top 10 or 15 in the world in terms of safety. So here you have them talk about the elderly and seniors who I used to work with uh, quite closely uh, when I was working as a social worker, right? So here you have just the U.S. politicians following this natural law of selecting the superior and eliminating the inferior, declaring that the elderly could sacrifice for the country and that the vast majority of COVID-19 deaths have been among people 65 or older. And that was entirely preventable, too, by just ensuring that they were protected. And that did not happen. So more than half a million elderly people in the United States have died from COVID-19, accounting for four-fifths of all fatalities. So here you have older people not having access to healthcare services, not having nursing homes. Right? I remember this in New York City. It was just absolutely criminal that anyone who was going to a rehab or a nursing home, whether it was short-term or long-term, was in danger of getting COVID-19 because they did not have proper health measures in place. They didn't have proper masks. They didn't have proper, they didn't have the capacity to isolate. And what you had was just a rapid spread and you had thousands upon thousands of older people just dying. I mean, it really was just so uh, i had clients right wh who were so scared of what would happen to them because you have this they were trying to be isolated and not see people and not you know go indoors and you couldn't really in new york city for a long time go to like indoor public venues and i had them telling me oh my gosh if i fall in my apartment and have to go to the hospital and rehab i could die of this virus and that was just that's just such an experience that just did not happen in china i mean it happened there was the Wuhan outbreak, which was quite significant, and it was very painful. But at the same time, they responded so quickly and were able to put in measures that protected people. And so you don't have that kind of fear anymore. And, and I just think that that's so criminal in terms of human rights. It's never talked about in that way. And so anyway, I can go on and on and on because this is focusing a lot on each of the sort of details, right? The details of each of these 
developments, right? And I think this report does a really good job and it, and it honestly cites, it's not making these numbers out of whole, whole cloth, it's talking like the small arms survey, right? These, it's using reports from the United States and the West to validate and verify these numbers, right? The massive gun ownership numbers, 393 million of 857 million civilian guns available are owned by Americans, 46% of the world's civilian gun cache. I mean, these are staggering numbers, right? The U.S. is an armed society. And I mean, it's one that is very violent and it's toward us it's toward each other right these guns are toward inward they're not pointed outward they're not pointed to the powers that be they're pointed at each other right and, and that's by design and so you have you know they cite the children's defense fund in terms of the danger that gunfire guns pose to children in the homes and then you have police brutality right a thousand one hundred twenty four people being killed by the police we can go on and on and on. And they talk about racial justice. They mentioned Dewante Wright. How many mainstream media sources, right? How many U.S. government sources are willing to put Dewante Wright's name in their documents, in their reporting? Very few. So we need to think about this. We really need to think about this because this shows that China, regardless of whether you think this is propaganda, and honestly, this is a piece of propaganda. It's a piece it's about information. It's a response to the information war. It's about getting information about the United States that can shape public opinion because public opinion has been so turned against China without any real verifiable evidence for the claims made against it. But here you have just a laundry list of black people being killed by the police, more than a thousand people being killed per year by the police. And so China is just putting attention, right? P releasing a government report on this, a, a media report through the so-called state-owned outlets. So, I mean, we can go on and on and on, but I do not want to go over all of these numbers. I mean, I think it's so interesting that China has taken these positions. I mean, even here, how many governments in the West are willing to talk about Mumia Abu-Jamal. Not many. There are not many governments in the world that are willing to mention U.S. political prisoners given the costs that it may incur. But here you have China being willing to acknowledge the existence of political prisoners, the, assist, the existence of these egregious human rights violations that are committed against prisoners with people with disabilities, older persons, right? Because the prisons are filled, right? Two million people, the vast majority of them have serious mental illness. The vast majority of them, are, I mean, uh, many of them, there's a large portion of them that are older people, 55, 50 and older. Uh, you have, uh, right, this, you have these jo this joint statement that it cites condemning violations against Mumia Abu-Jamal, who's been prevented from getting necessary healthcare treatment throughout the duration of his incarceration. And uh, they're willing to cite that, a prisoner of African descent, right? And, and they say that the statement said about Jamal, who has been in prison for 40 years, was a social activist and journalist. The 67-year-old suffers from a number of diseases, including chronic heart disease, liver cirrhosis, and high blood pressure. In February 2021, he was diagnosed with COVID-19. 
while receiving treatment for heart failure in late February. He was handcuffed to his hospital bed for four days. And when he was hospitalized again in early April for surgery, his family lawyers and others were denied access to him. So they're willing to cite this statement from many human rights council working group experts, a special rapporteur on the rights of persons with disabilities, right? This, these, these advocacy groups within the UN Human Rights Council and affiliated bodies. So they're, they're willing to cite these and talk about this in a manner that most governments, most media outlets in other countries are just not willing to do. And, and I think that that should be commended in many ways. And I think that's a, what makes these kind of reports very interesting. And so, right, it goes into the political rights, talks about, or he even cites Noam Chomsky, but it talks about wealth and policymaking, lobbying here. Uh, you're going to get the bipartisan kind of interests being met by these big corporations and how corrupt the U.S. government system is. And so it's all about making this distinction between all of these slanders, all the slanderous, you know, narrative, the slanderous narrative about China's government and how the U.S. government actually functions, right? So what China is doing here is basically saying, okay, take care of your own house, take care of your own issues. You have this polarization, you have this inability to meet the interests of the people, you have this corporate governance model, you have this, these lobbies, you have these anti-voting rights acts that are going into place. It's harder and harder to even just vote now, regardless of whether who you vote for is actually meeting your interests. So, you know, we I'm not going to read this verbatim because it's quite a long report, but you should check it out. It's on Xinhua. You can just type in Google. I can actually put it in the chat when I'm done here. So yeah, talking about racial discrimination, the treatment of Asian Americans, all of these deaths that have occurred, right? Discrimination against Muslims, which still is ongoing, right? The indigenous people, the condition of indigenous people. I mean, this is a, a very, this is a very detailed and thought out report that honestly shows U.S. hypocrisy on human rights and. I think it's worth checking out, and I hope you do uh, check it out because, I mean, think about it. I'm going to put it in the chat right now for you guys to check it out later, so don't leave, but definitely tab it or something. So there you have it. So I wanted to comment on this. I think somebody who was watching a while ago said, hey, comment on this report China, that China made about U.S. human rights, and, and so uh, there you have it. It's, it's an important report. It's one, it's honestly a helpful resource because it's hard to get all that information in one place. I think it's a very good tool for us to use to say, okay, well, we're about equality. We're about a more fair and just international order. If the United States is able to level these accusations against China, then China not only has the right to level allegations and accusations against the U.S. for human rights violations, but we also have the right to understand China's perspective and there see if it actually matches up with the reality. And everything that I was reading, it matches up with the reality of the situation. The reality is, is that the United States neglected the people. 
especially the most vulnerable throughout this COVID-19 pandemic crisis. It is true that racial injustice and uh, white supremacy and racism, whether it's toward uh, migrants fleeing countries that the United States has destroyed, or whether it is against Black people in the United States or against Indigenous people, those conditions remain deplorable and that injustice remains intense and in many ways worsening under the uh, Democratic Party Biden regime. The endless wars that the United States wages abroad, right? I mean, you can just cite that uh, drone strike by the United States during the withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan as just one example of so many in which the United States has criminally interfered in the affairs of other countries and devastated the lives of the people. And so where's the lie is what I say. Where is the lie? China is not telling lies here. They're just stating facts as a way to balance the record sheet to show that, okay, you can level accusations against us about genocide, about democracy, and all of this. And we will also say and state the facts about your situation and uh, approach a situation like that. The unfortunate thing is, and that's why I shared the report, is that China, just similar to Russia, doesn't have an upper hand in the propaganda war. That's why imperialism is still hegemonic, right? U.S. imperialism, because China doesn't have the same kind of access. Does it, this, The information does not spread from China. The propaganda against China really prevents people from being curious at all about it, its perspective. And so there is a lost opportunity there to understand the global balance of forces in a more realistic way in a way that actually is congruent with the conditions on the ground. But uh, there you have it. China is still attempting to assert its legitimacy and the fact that the United States does not have a legitimate claim to being an arbiter of quote unquote human rights. And so in this Russia-Ukraine conflict, if we go back to that, the United States has no right to claim even Russia is violating international law here, even if, yeah, sure, Russia's military operation is not congruent with the UN Geneva Conventions, right? It's not. But the US has no right to talk about China or anyone else coming in to the rescue of international law when the United States has trampled on it from the beginning. The United States has made itself international law. That is how it approaches the world. It approaches the world as a zero-sum game. Do what we say or suffer consequences. And that is the epitome of violating uh, the, UN's, uh, the UN conventions and uh, international law itself. So that is what I wanted to share with you all about uh, China's human rights report. Because I think it does expose the hypocrisy very well. And I think it does lead to further questions that we need to continue to explore and continue to bring up with people. We need to say to our comrades, our friends, our colleagues, our circles, uh, in our any kind of work that we're doing, journalism or otherwise, that uh, the United States has no right to claim superiority or more, whether it's moral, political, or any other kind of superiority in the realm of human rights.